Welcome in to episode seven. I'm Lo. This is Woe. This is the Lo Woe Show. Uh, Woe is back after his brief hiatus. Yep. Sickness. That little steroid shot to the ass and some antibiotics can't do. And here we are, just drinking beer, uh, back in our rightful places. That's right. Of where we're supposed to be. That's right. Uh, so, this episode, we're going to get into uh, some Antonio Brown stuff, of course, and that uh, tomfoolery that he is uh, <laughs> doing. Um, but we wanted to start with the news kind of out of the NCAA um, with what a lot of people, I guess, are calling the Rich Paul rule. Yeah, I don't know if you would consider this NCAA or yeah, really NBA-driven. NBA, I don't know what this is. Um, I, I know that it's, uh, for lack of a better word, bullshit. Thank you. I think that, so if, if people don't know yeah. what the Rich Paul rule uh, basically is, this is for agents. And that's what it's going to be called now for the, re- until it's go- it's the Rich Paul well, rule. Well, I mean, that's what, that's it, is. what it is. Yeah. And so uh, the Rich Paul rule was actually coined uh, because of Rich Paul, who is LeBron James's agent, uh, longtime friend, came out of him with high school. LeBron James kind of carried him with him on this journey. Turns out, Rich Paul's a really smart guy. He's And he's really good at this agent stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really good. He's not a slouch, which, no. you know, a lot of times when these athletes come out of high school or college, you know, they bring a lot of bad people with them or they just bring a lot of people because, let's face it, they got a ton of money and they want to help out. That's yeah. fine. That ain't this Rich Paul guy. This guy has elevated LeBron James even past where LeBron James could be on his own. So what NCAA did was basically come out and say, you have to have a bachelor's degree. You have to work in a certain department for, I think, three years before you can actually get your license to be an agent. You have to pass a test to yeah. be an agent for the... the uh, and this is for people who are testing the waters of the NBA draft. Um, right. So right now you can... You can decla- not declare, but you can test the waters. You're, you can sign an agent, and they can go speak to people about uh, where your draft stock is. If you're going to be a first rounder, you know you might want to go out. If you're going to be undrafted or a late second rounder, then you might not. You know, even uh, Kevon Harris from SFA this mm-hmm. year, he's going into a senior year, and he tested the waters and he looked to see if if he was going to be drafted and things like that. And now he's back at SFA. He decided not to. So. That's what this is about. Well, they can say that's what this is about. They can say this is about protecting players from greedy agents or from people who mean them harm or unintelligent people that don't know the business. What that's agent isn't what greedy, is. though? What, what it? What agent doesn't well, that have is their best? Job. They have their best interest in mind. Like that's that is exactly. your job. And the best thing I think the the best part about an agent client relationship is. You know they have to look out for you because they only get paid if you get paid. Yeah. So I think this is and we can I think that this is and I don't usually play this card. This is not something I like to do. But I think this is a whole bunch of rich white men who saw a young black man he start accruing all of these NBA players. Cuz his his he has LeBron, he has uh, I think Lonzo now signed with him. Anthony Davis is with him. There's a Russell lot Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I mean, there is a lot of players in the NBA that are signed with him because he's good. Well, we spoke to the we spoke to this point um, a couple weeks ago when we talked about what we thought it was to demand a trade, right? And how we thought that could affect things for, further down. I think we're starting to see that already, even though we just spoke about it a couple weeks ago, these 
owners are getting tired of these players holding all the cards in the NBA. And let's be honest, the guy that's really being the agent for a lot of these guys who are saying, I want out of these contracts, I deserve better than this, and I want to play here, or I won't play, is Rich Paul. Now, kudos to him for realizing who actually is running the market, and it ain't the owners. It's the players. But this is a way for them to go, oh, but watch this. We, we need to get him out of there. Now, maybe they'll, they'll talk about it. They'll grandfather him in, and he can, he can uh, kind of maintain his you know, client-agent privileges. But I got to be honest with you. I think this was created... I think we all know it was created for him. So for them to grandfather him in defeats the purpose, I think. Yeah, I saw some things they were talking about. This is trying to avoid uh, players whose agents, quote unquote, are their uncles and their the dad or those types of things. Yeah, so, but who but gives it exactly? That Why does that matter? If I was an owner and you told me, yeah, I've got an agent who's my dad, I'd be like, great, I'll yeah. give you 75 cents and a payday. Yeah. Like, like get out of town. That's my thing. Why are we dictating who these people can hire? <laughs> yeah. And why does the, o- the only reason the owners care is because they are starting to see that the player is the one who has all the cards. And it is driven by LeBron James and his team. But like you said, with the the agents who are, um, they're looking out for that player because, like you said, they get paid based on if their client gets paid. Even if these people have a bachelor's degree and pass this test and all that kind of stuff, is that going to change the fact that these players are demanding trades and things like that? No. Because it's they're not looking out for the owners. We've set these a agents precedent. Don't care. We've set a precedent now. We can't you're not going backwards. No. You know, unless you want to strike up a new deal with the players association, that's fine. That's fine. You can do that and that can be your new deal. But as of right now, a precedent's been set, and until you do it through the union, it's not going to matter. Well, and this, I know that this, the NCAA and the NBA Players Association, I believe, have discussed this Rich Paul rule. Yeah, and but this I think is, that, and, and I, I, the Players Association, that's fine. They they can deal with that. They they like that too, because that it all of this is is bureaucracy where there shouldn't be. I mean, this is a. Grand scheme thing because the NCAA, and I don't know if you agree with this, but has never once really looked out for their student athletes. No, absolutely not. Although all they are are investments. Yeah. I mean, that's a fact. I'm not mad at NCAA for it. They make a whole lot of money doing it, but they ain't looking out for their best interest. That's like the whole sham of, well, we don't want to play this many college football games because we're looking. No, 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 buddy. You want to sell out. A hundred and twenty thousand dollar stadiums, yeah, or a hundred twenty thousand seat stadiums. Excuse me, every game. We know what that is. Don't don't get it twisted. Well, my thing. When was the last time the NCAA made a great decision? When was the last time the NCAA made the right decision? Or like possibly your four game playoff? Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, but, <laughs> like if you actually Changing look from at, the BCS, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. And if you actually look at like. And players. people are still pissed about the four well, game. Pl- we all know the should be eight. Yeah, we all know. So like, even come that, on, come on, even that they screwed up. <laughs> like, well, the reason they got to do that is because they were like, "Well, we'll pick four, but everybody gets to keep their bowl games because we get a little bit of money out of nine thousand bowl games that we're going to play this year." And bowl games make a lot of money. I'm surprised they're not bringing rugby teams over, putting them in pads to have the. Uh, 
the New Slim Zealand chicken yeah, bowl. New, New Zealand yeah. uh, <laughs> rugby team coming to <laughs> play right. like Hawaii or something That's in right. football. So That's what happens? Right. Yeah, exactly. And let's market it. Yeah. And let's put a bowl game on it. Uh, but this, my thing was, I don't know when the NCAA has made a right move. I don't understand why the NCAA can dictate this aspect of it. Well, the reason that they could do is because they have backing from the NBA. But the problem is, I don't think I've ever, like I said, I don't play the card very often. But man, this looks like a blatant attempt of rich white men to hold down people who are wanting to bring young African-American men up in this industry. Yeah. Because people are going to start looking at Rich Paul and go, hey, man, I'm the number one draft pick. What if Zion Williams would have said, I'm going to bring my high school buddy, who, by the way, scored a 1,400 on his SATs, but chose not to go to college because guess what? I can make him $10 million yeah. next year. And what what person out there would be like, yeah, I'm going to go to college instead of this? Yeah, not the person that made 1,400 <laughs> no. on their SAT because they're not that damn smart. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, this is, it is something that I think... Um, I don't understand the NCAA dictating the what they can do in terms of their NBA future. And you're right because it is they have the NBA's backing in this, but this is going to change a lot of terms of basketball players and it's already changing. Top high school basketball players going to college now for one year. Oh yeah. It's already changing. The number 4 right. recruit is going to play in New Zealand, I think, uh, this right. next year. I think there's two or two three of them of the are top going overseas. Five are going overseas right. to play for a year and, you know, now I'm a believer that the NCAA does help athletes in terms of draft stock like that number 2 guy. Is he going to get drafted? Yes. But Emmanuel Mudiay, he went overseas. He's from Dallas, went overseas. Nobody saw him play. Right. Nobody knew who he was because he went overseas. Okay. He got drafted like tenth, so I mean it's I, not terrible. I, I buy but that for a, I buy that for maybe marketing purposes. But these basketball guys are smarter than that. They've been going overseas for a long time, getting people. And you have a lot of overseas people that are really good. And right. they're not playing eighteen year olds. They're playing twenty four year olds. Yeah, they're playing year olds. grown men. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I just think, don't know when the NCAA has gotten something right. Well, and this is not. This is something that you, they didn't get right. Well, here's a question: How can you tell me that a guy can go play a sport at 19 years old, but you're telling me just to represent him, I have to have a college degree? Yeah. So he needs to be less educated. This is basically what they've put out there. We don't care if they're educated. Only the people that are educated have to handle our finances. Yeah. That's what they just said. And that is bullshit. Or the people that have a degree. And like you said, Rich Paul nobody is a gave, super smart dude. Nobody gave a damn if LeBron James had a degree. No. Nobody cares no. about these big people, come, about these big names coming out in high school having a degree. They care about them getting there one year because that's what the NCAA and the NBA decided on. They care about that one year. That's it. So what they're saying is you have to be educated to handle our finances. And if you ask me, you are painting a worse picture in saying, we don't care if the people that we pay are educated. We just want to make sure that you're edu- that you can't keep up with what we're doing. Yeah. And Rich Paul proves you don't have to be, you don't have to go to Harvard Law no. to come out and be a sports agent to understand when people are getting screwed. And, you know, Rich Paul, like you said, super smart dude. LeBron James, a really smart dude. And they, like, 
I'm okay. I wonder how many people listen to us and go, God, man, when are they going to get off LeBron James's jock? <laughs> never. <laughs> never. I've like I've never met a big like the person who has the same you know love for LeBron as Drew. Oh no, it's, <laughs> like, it's huge. Me and Drew love it's LeBron, uh, so that will continue. Yeah. Um, Sorry but to get off topic. It's <laughs> like those guys are smart guys, and they're creating the new NBA. I mean, that's right. what it is right now. They're creating the new NBA, mm-hmm. and like you said, those those rich white people who are making those decisions don't like it. Well. You know, I mean, we see this throughout our society, too. There's not a push for trade schools, right? Everybody's got to have a bachelor's. I mean, I have an administrative assistant who has a master's degree. A master's degree. Yeah. And I don't understand how she's paid for any of that stuff. No. But that's that's where everything is going. So this is an easy ploy to say, oh, well, that's just normal. But... With, you know, luckily with our hipster friends, I think we're starting to see <laughs> a change in that aspect where we're starting to have kind of this, you know, this turn because of the price of college, because mm-hmm. of the fact that a lot of the impoverished don't get that chance of smart people looking at other smart people who don't have a degree and go, you're just as valuable. You don't have to have a degree in this. Now, there is things like journalism, right? There's rules you got to learn. There's things yeah. that you have to do. Yeah. Uh, in my profession, yeah, absolutely. In, you know, in nursing, that is a skill. Absolutely. Right. Um, there are things that you have to have degrees in that I totally think so. That I totally think are probably probably you should deserve more school. I mean, I yeah. probably need some more school myself. Yeah. But there's so many things out there now that you should not have to have a degree well, to get done. Well, there's a lot of things uh just like being around college and asking people like yeah what you know what's your major uh <laughs> there's so many majors that's like and why are you going to school for that hey, you know what <laughs> shout out to my mother-in-law who's running an hr department who doesn't have a degree damn sure doesn't need to pay for a degree and is doing the damn job anyway and let's also we'll uh, preface this with she's sitting right here and uh, <laughs> and I'm her favorite child so uh, we'll preface that but yes like but that's the point well, but you, you see know, what I'm saying somebody can do the job that doesn't need the degree now now literally they're telling her if you just get your degree we and that's can do why this. she's doing it it's just a piece of paper because my mom is getting her degree she's working her ass off and she's doing let me get the finances to have my own university backing. And Rich Paul can pay me $10 million to not come to my school for four years. And I'll hand him a sheet of paper. Well, you know, he can do his stuff. It's like, it, it's mind boggling because LeBron James, and I'm going to assume that Rich Paul created that I Promise school in Cleveland. Um, How did he not have anything to do with their best friends? Yes. Like, and guess what? That place is incredible. Oh, by like, the way, Rich Paul doesn't run LeBron James finances. Guess who does that? Another one of, one of his LeBron's best friends. friends. And guess why he's one of the highest grossing and highest saving uh, stars in our NBA. The point of this whole thing is none that none of them went to school to become idiots. Well, and here's the thing is like we I will sit there and talk to people and I'm like, you're really getting your degree in that? Like you're wasting. Your, I don't like to say you're wasting your money on that, but you're wasting Bro. your money on, on this. Like it's it, like you said, trade schools—they're uh, not a thing anymore. How hard is it to become a successful sports agent? I would imagine it's extremely tough. Yeah, it is. 
right? To be one of the top tier guys, I imagine that is extremely tough, right? So do you think that one piece of paper that 30, I'll guess low, 3,000 people are trying to become the top tier agent, do you think that that piece of paper is what keeps them from the top? Right. Bullshit. It, it's crazy. Um, so this is the Rich Paul rule. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. I'm a little passionate about that. Well, I just think I it's so too. much bullshit. It is. It is complete bullshit. Um, and it's really tough. It's really tough because, like I said, I don't try to play the race card very often. I, I try to look yeah. at things at an objective uh, point of view. This one's really, really hard not to look at and go... Man, you guys. Well, even you like, guys have made this pretty blatant, and and it's like it, you've made it difficult because it, let me say this: if Rich Paul uh, didn't have LeBron, I'm not saying that he needs LeBron, but I'm saying Rich Paul grew up with LeBron. Um, they're not rich or by right. any means. Would have Rich Paul gone to college? Would he? Would well, he have got? Would right. he have had the opportunity to go to college? No, I agree if with LeBron that. wasn't there. But I think if you've and looked then he, at now, he's the best. But and if so you've looked like, at what he's done, he's not a lazy person. No, not at all. I don't think that you could look at what he's done and go, no, he wouldn't have succeeded in something. Right? Absolutely I don't give a damn not. if it was barbecue salesman. He would have been the best damn barbecue salesman, apparently. Right, and I'm not saying that he. I'm simply saying like those people. Who might not have that opportunity to go to college right. could be the best agents well, that are now out there. Th- I think I think what the NCAA is, and why I go back to races, what the NCAA is looking at is going, oh my gosh, we don't want this to become something that we can't control, and that's what, to be honest with you, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, that's what it's become, something we can't control. Right. And the NCAA, we can keep talking about the NCAA. This rule came from the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Because let's be honest. If this guy's it's all about well, this at this specific time, it's about players testing the waters of the draft if and getting an agent, signing an agent. If this guy's name was Spencer, and he came from Orange Spencer County, Jones. Yeah. <laughs> if Spencer from Orange County just happened to have a buddy who was seven feet tall or seven feet tall and, and one of the greatest sh- basketball players of all time, let me tell you something. This would not be a rule. No. I don't, I just I truly believe that. <sighs> I think it's time for some beer. Yes, beer time, <laughs> beer time, beer time. Beer time. All right, so today we are drinking Southern Draw. It's a dry hopped Pilsner from Great Raft Brewery. Great Raft Brewery is right down the street from us in Shreveport, Louisiana. I have not been there yet. I hear it's wonderful. I like most of their beers. They also make a Commotion IPA, um, which I don't think that we'll probably drink on this podcast just because I just brought it up. <laughs> and it's pretty prevalent out there. Commotion's a great IPA starter for people who um, don't like the bitterness or kind of um, more feminine about how they like their beers. <laughs> let, let me say, uh, so if you have not um, been able to tell in all of our episodes, here's the beer aficionado. I just tasted it. I'm like, yeah, this shit's good. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's, now, Drew can sit here and describe the hell out of a beer, and I'm like, you know yes, what? It's delicious. Yes. That's all I care. No, <laughs> I mean, I did I did brew for a little bit. I'm not going to say it was the best beer ever, but it's probably top ten in the world. The, uh, <laughs> no, um, honestly, we, we got into, the first time I ever got into, story time with Drew, first time I ever got into uh, craft beers, my buddy brought down um, Stone Brewing's uh, IPA. Now, Stone is out of San Diego. They have these hops that are basically worldwide, right? 
And it was the nastiest shit I had ever drank in my life. I thought I was like going to die. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. Then he followed that by a beer that they make called Ruination. And the title fits the beer. It was even worse. (laughs) So uh, for me to come from a person who hated IBUs, which is basically the amount of bitterness, to where I am now has been a long journey. Well, let me say, um, the first time when I started drinking beer, we were on vacation. I mean, this has been a while ago. Um, We were on vacation and... uh, Drew had this beer. Now, I don't remember. I remember it being like black. That shit was black. I remember it. Now, he might not like black beer and, you know, really dark. But oh, yeah, I, I remember um, him showing me this beer and being like, here, taste this first. <laughs> that shit was disgusting. Uh, it was so bad. And then he handed me a Bud Light and he's like, this is going to taste like water. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I get that. See? See that? That's <laughs> so, what you do. That's what you do. You shock you just go, the system. You go through That's these right. extremes. Yeah. yeah. Basically where I'm at now, you'd have to stuff my mouth full of hops yeah. for me to be like, oh God, that's terrible. And then just hand me something that's really hoppy. I'm like, man, and that's And that's what delicious. Drew did when we were on vacation the first time I started drinking beer. He was like, drink this. And I, it was the worst um i don't know what it was uh i know that (laughs) linda had the bloody revolver at that at that night but it wasn't the bloody revolver we did not i that's not what i drank that night no 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 Um, the bloody revolver is a different but we were grilling we were out by the pool and we were grilling and you're like here taste this by the way when we say bloody revolver i think we need to point out that is not what the beer is called No, no it's not no it's called revolver blood and honey it's a blood orange and but honey it's mix. The bloody revolver. Yes, but Linda got hammered drunk one night and started calling it bloody revolver amongst several people from Dallas we did not know, yeah. and for some reason got this weird ass accent. Yeah, the, the, the bloody yeah, revolver. like she was some debutante. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So that's uh, beer time. Beer time. Yes. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'll say it again. Southern Draw, um, Great Raft Brewery. If you're in this area, man, they don't put out a bad beer. They really don't. And not only that, but they put out a lot of special beers. So if you see any of their tall cans, pick it out. You can't miss. It's absolutely delicious. Um, So I want to talk about, now that we're about to go into after beer time, real quick, it's shit on baseball time. Oh, yeah. Let's just do that real quick. Okay. So I want to tell everybody that me and my two sons had the most fun watching the Little League Regional Finals. It is the best baseball there is. I don't understand. Like, here's where the MLB has to be, right? Uh, For people who uh, don't know, there was an article put out that Logan shared with me about baseball actually some of the teams shrinking their stadiums because of lower. The Rangers shrinking their stadium by 9,000 in their their new stadium. Because of lower attendance in the past five years. I mean, that's yeah. just a that's a huge deal. Yeah, everyone who's renovating or getting a new stadium is reducing the amount of seats. Yeah, I wonder why. Anyway, and what's going to end up happening is they're just going to be yeah. charging a shitload shit to yeah. sit there, yeah. and they're still not going to fill the seats. No. Anyway, no, that's neither here nor there. But what I want to say is we, uh, we watched all six innings. Now, if you remember a couple weeks back, what did I say that the inning should be? Six innings. Boom. It's perfect. I think I said seven, but I'll stick with six. Six. Yeah, it's perfect. Six is perfect. Okay. It's an hour and a half. Done. Yeah, exactly. 
It's beautiful. And if it's not an hour and a half, it's two hours. And that means there's some drama. Yeah. I can get into that. Right. So we watched this. One, let's let's make the fields 500. But let's get let's get out of this joke that 315 ain't something that a, a major league baseball player can't hit a home run on. Yeah, no, Especially high schoolers are hitting juice the ball. <laughs> yeah, high now, schoolers are hitting that much. Now, that is a different point of view from what I had. Um, I think on episode three when we were talking about Verlander saying juice in the balls when we were in yeah. the uh, Dax Womack Studios. Yes, uh, I said that the long ball is what make people watch. I have been proven wrong, I think, by Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander pointed out a point this week on PTI that said, what we're losing are the doubles and then people trying to sacrifice, yeah, the people trying play. to bunt. Balls all we see are home runs and strikeouts. Yeah. I think I had mentioned that on that episode. That's you, all you see. You did. That's, that's it. That's it. So let's move the fence back because everybody wants to watch somebody run. Now, if you move it back 50 yards, not everybody can hit 50 yards. I'm sorry. Not yeah, 50 yeah, yards. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't, don't go 50 <laughs> don't yards. Go, don't do it. 50 don't feet. <laughs> 50 feet. You have the uh, old polo grounds where the center field's like 700. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I think you move them back 50 feet, and at that point, you get more of the base running. You get more of all that stuff. That's why Little League Baseball is so good. It's because oh, they know. put the ball in play. That's exactly. all it is. Exactly. And now, and when you do get your home runs, it's awesome. Yeah, but you don't. I mean, yes, you're probably going to see a lot more because these kids well, now are. Most of those home runs, let's be honest, are from those <laughs> mutants. <laughs> those, <laughs> those guys are twelve and yeah, they're six those, two, two thirty. They're mutants that are up there that are going to eventually be left tackles. <laughs> you know, that are just good enough athletes right now to swing a bat. Uh, in, in all honesty, those are the, just the people that have started to hit puberty compared to the other people. Oh, yeah. Well, no, these people. I don't. I don't know if that's the case, man. These people hit puberty at nine. You know what I mean? They're playing twelve-year-old with full beards. Yeah, that's, it's like I saw a sign last night that said something about, "Yes, this kid is my kid," and by the way, he is twelve. Like if you've got to state that, yeah. you know that you've got a mongoloid out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's like well, Rick and shit. You know, the, it's not only the. The shorter innings, the six innings is perfect. I can sit there and watch a game, you know, pretty easily watching Little League Baseball World Series, which right. I'm stoked for. Happens in five days. Like I'm so ready for it. Right. Um, and I watch it every year. Um, but it's also, it's that it's the balls in play. It's, but it's also like these kids are just out there having fun. Like that's all it is. And I love <laughs> like they do the introductions and I just saw a thing, a video um, on ESPN the other day of the introductions uh, for the regionals mm-hmm. and how creative these kids are getting. And they're like, uh, it's like, my name is blah, blah, and I collect hats. And then you see all the kids like throwing their hats at them yeah. and like just those fun things that you see. And it's really fun. Now, if grown men are doing it, it might be a little different. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's just like, it's, it's fun. Like that's well, all it is. I get that it's fun, but I I want to I like I because I remember a time which I'm not sure if you do. I remember a time where Little League baseball was not on television. There was no Little League World Series to watch when I was playing Little League. When you were playing, yeah, it was. I mean, it it wasn't long after that. They've been running Little League World Series for a while. Oh, I'm telling you, dude. It, it, well, maybe it was on, but we didn't we know didn't about watch it. it. And to be honest with you, I feel like I would have known about it. Yeah, but. The Little League World Series, 
like when it started, it was like, oh man, this is cool because this is us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know that time. But I actually heard an umpire tell a kid last night who held his up his hand up for time in the batter's box, and he said, no, you don't have time. Done. Now look. Done. You know what they don't do? They don't leave the batter's box every single pitch to fix gloves that don't move on your damn hands. Ooh. That is the stupidest thing to me. Well, it's also funny because they have a pitch limit. They have a pitch count. The Little League has right. your pitch count. And guess what? The Little League pitchers don't go out there and then throw 9 or 12 balls at practice before they, they exactly. start playing. Exactly. <laughs> Some reason, these kids are warmed up. I can't believe they started a they, game that way. They go to the bullpen, they warm up, and then they get out there and they throw pitches. It's How wild. the hell do you have a bullpen? <laughs> And you're not ready to throw a pitch when you get on the field. Then you got to throw another 12 when you get to the field. It's the craziest thing to me to, like, I, now, this all started from Nomar Garcia Parra, if you ask me. He's the downfall of baseball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Nomar. Thanks, Nomar. Like, I don't care if you're on ESPN now. Somebody ought to blame you. <laughs> like, shame his ass walking out of Bristol. But he had this regimen he would step out of the batter's box between each pitch. And, dude, he was damn near untying and tying his shoes and buttoning up his jersey before wow. he stepped yeah. back in yeah. the batter's box. Yeah. Now, when I was a kid, we thought that was super cool. Like, bang, bang, hit the gloves. Let's go. Let's go. Hit every pat, corner pat, of pat, the pat, plate. Pat, 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 pat. Now I see the downfall in that is because everybody feels like they can – Take a step. Why do you have to take a practice swing between each pitch? Did you get cold in the last 27 <laughs> yes, seconds? They did. <laughs> I do want to say, so I looked it up. Okay. Uh, Drew, you just didn't watch the games. That may be it. Uh, because the first televised championship game, this was now on an annual basis, the televised championship game started in 1963. So they just televised the championship game. Okay. Starting each year from 1963. Okay. Yeah, nobody watched that. Um, and that was from si- some 63 to 85. Uh, uh, in 1982, they increased their coverage and started doing more games. ESPN wasn't even around in 63. In 2000, well, it wasn't ESPN. Okay. Um, in well, two, it was ABC. All right. Um, in 2001, ESPN started covering everything and also all eight U.S. regional championships. That would have been it. Yeah. I mean, that would have been it. 2001 is about... That's about right. I mean, I would have been just out now, of Little League. I remember. <laughs> I would have been, I'd have been 16 years old. Just so, out of Little League. Just so out. Just three outside. years. Yeah. yeah I mean. Yeah. So uh, I remember sitting there watching. The, we had. Um, we we're at the house. TV's in the living room, and there's the our front porch or whatever. And <laughs> me and uh, me and Braden would go out there, and we would play baseball while the TV's on. And during commercial breaks, we would go outside and just like throw pitches to each other, mm-hmm. and then run back in yeah, <laughs> when the game's on. But it's so much fun. It, it is. is so much fun. It is. I think that they need to. After listening to Verlander, I think that he may be right. That maybe balls in play are actually more exciting on a bat-to-bat basis. And I'll just I'm just gonna throw this out there because this is awesome. The one thing that I love that the MLB does, uh, yes, the only, first and maybe only thing that I love <laughs> about the MLB is that they do the World Series Classic. Where they right. go to Williamsport oh, and yeah. they get to and they let the kids from Venezuela who never get to see a game they 
they get them to go out there and, and watch a game, and that's it. It's only the teams and their parents who get to go. Yeah, it's very it is, cool. It is so awesome. Very cool. And they do the broadcast like a Little League World Series game where it's like, what's your favorite candy or what's your nickname and, and things like that. By the way, like did you see they were going to have a Field of Dreams? So, okay. I have that on my calendar. The one game I'm going to watch <laughs> next year. That's a big deal. One game. But I, I, here's a question. Yeah. So I saw this on uh, ESPN. What other fictional sport would you want to see? Like, I saw like, oh, we want to see the U.S. Open played at the the course where Caddyshack was was was. Uh, oh. What other what other sport would you like to see at what other field? Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh, also, while US- Drew's thinking, uh, so this uh, field of dreams thing. So apparently they're gonna have uh, plexiglass on the outfield wall so you can see the cornfields. Yeah. Um, and I'm just saying if they don't let the players walk out of the cornfields, dude, if I'm they gonna don't, be so upset. Could you could you imagine if they put holograms up on those plexiglass? I'd cry, dude. I cry. <laughs> I cry at Field of Dreams. Not a, not a chance. When his dad walks out and they play catch together, I'm done. I want to tear up now. I'm done. Like done. I'm so stoked for that. My here's was my answer, and I think that this should totally happen. I think that the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys need to play at O'Shea Stadium from Little Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing I've ever heard. I, and I think the Cowboys need to get those uh, navy pants with the big ass star on the side. Okay. I think they need to. Uh, First off, dude, that that whole jersey setup that the that the Cowboys had, <laughs> yeah. killing them. That was literally a 1990s dream, son. I also think that they should just, uh, I mean, it should. It should be a stadium that holds 400 people, and that's it, and televise it. I'm so down for it. Um, I think if you had to ask me, I think that a, um, probably like a Pacers, Knicks, or something like that should play in... Like at the Hoosiers, at the Hoosiers Stadium. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a big deal. And and the, the Pacers have their Hoosiers jerseys. Yeah, yeah they yeah. could wear. Yeah, I think that would be that'd pretty, be so stoked. That'd be pretty cool. I think that you could also do an outdoor basketball game, like you know, like a proper yeah. uh, Rutgers, yeah, New York thing. That would be really really cool. It would be super cool. Um. Uh, all right. So we shitted a little bit on baseball. You're welcome, yes. baseball Adam. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're back to do it again. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Yeah. But I do think six innings. Extend Great. the field. Great. And then put a pitch count on pitchers. Yeah. Chew on that baseball, Adam. Boom. Hey, hire <laughs> us, MLB. You just, made got, a million, you just made a billion dollars. We got ideas. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, we're going to go into our main topic, which is this uh, Antonio Brown fiasco. Um, golly. Let me say, the Steelers are looking smarter and smarter. <laughs> Every time. So, uh, you think it's my, the Steelers or Tomlin? I, I don't know. So, uh, Marty, uh, my my future father-in-law, uh, he is a Steelers fan. Is that you know he's grown up a Steelers fan? Yes, it. Bugs and he me. listens to this. Yes, he does uh, all okay. the time. Uh, so uh, he he <laughs> told I me met him yet. So I'll keep him. Out. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he was telling me shit. he was like, you know what, the Steelers are looking smarter and smarter every day. Right. And that's exactly what this is. Right. This is a fiasco. Well, you know, I think with the Bell holdout, the Brown ridiculousness, I think a lot of people from the outside looking in, I should say, thought that Tomlin was losing control of a team. 
Now, when you look at it, I do believe that Pittsburgh is going to have a good year this year. I do too. Um, and I think Tomlin will have his place in Steelers lore because he was able to actually hold on to a team with all this going on. Now, let me tell you, I like I agree with the uh, the um, uh, like the Le'Veon Bell situation, like. I understand his point of view. I understand you don't want to, like, I need guaranteed money. Like, I, I'm a running back. I understand that in a way. Yeah. You know, he, he had signed his franchise tag the year before, and they're like, we're going to franchise tag you again. And I know it's a lot of money, but he wanted guaranteed, like, he wants security. Yeah. Which, by the way, is not in the situation Zeke's and in. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I just want to throw that out. But so, go ahead. And, and I, like, honestly, give credit to Le'Veon Bell. He was like, I'm sticking with this. Like, I'm yeah. not going to play. He bet on himself. To hold out a year to get the big bucks. And yeah, so like good for him. And I, I hope that he does well this season. Antonio Brown, this is this has nothing to do with like what is this? Antonio Brown was like, I'm not happy with the Steelers, I'm out. Uh, okay, bye. And now not only is it his gross ass feet that he's, <laughs> he's all right, dealt with. All right, all right. Look, the guy had cryogenic therapy in France. Like, I'm not saying that they're not doing good things in France, but we got that shit here. Like, we're not... We're, we're not a third world country no, where why you gotta you going go over to France. <laughs> you gotta go somewhere to get some ice put on your body. No. And he didn't wear socks. I think that was like... He didn't wear the, the uh, proper, proper foot footwear. And now yeah. he's... Now he just can't practice. Right. And then, this stupid freaking helmet thing. Okay. So, let's go back to the feet. All right? I have had blisters on my feet like that before. And one thing I'll say is I don't think people gave him that that hurts. Like there's not enough people out there going, man, I saw those pictures and that shit's painful. Let me and that touched my soul. Yeah. It, like when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. Because I have put myself through pain on on my feet. And look down and like, oh my gosh, I've got blisters all over yeah. the place. That is not a joke. No, I can't imagine that it that it feels great. That's and I can't imagine that you really can cut and do the things that he's doing. Now, he's an idiot for the circumstances he's in, right? <laughs> but I didn't even know he went to France for the <laughs> Oh, yeah, dude. But I, it's like, they, he went to France for this. I'm like, no, he went to France on vacation. Yeah, and then he was like, I'm going to get some But tr- in a way, uh, I heard Wilbon say this, and he's like, but in a way, he was trying to get better. He was trying to get ready. Yeah. So you can't. If you're the Raiders, like it's hard to be like, you made one mistake, you didn't wear the right footwear, and you were trying to get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And plus, he's Antonio Brown. When his feet get better, let's be honest, he's gonna the be, guy's gonna be he's so fast. Good. He's so good and hands on. Like he's, he's so good. He's but good. that brings us to this this whole helmet thing. Yes. What the hell, dude? Everyone in the league has to follow these rules. He was like, I read the, I read an entire thread of the guy um, who, um, the guy who is reporting on this, and he he basically laid it out and kind of what happened. Um, and that article is on our website that we did. Uh, yes. I just I just uh, linked it to that. So go check out the website. So basically, what he did is like he went into the equipment room and the equipment managers handed him a new helmet and he threw a fit and was like, I want my old helmet. People like Brady and Rodgers aren't having to go through this. Uh, yeah, they are. They've already changed their helmets. Hmm. Apparently, the equipment manager saw a picture of Aaron Rodgers in training camp, screenshotted it, and sent it to Antonio Brown and said, yep, see, everyone's done. That is a ballsy-ass equipment Isn't manager. 
I don't care how much you're getting paid, AB. Guess what? You got to follow these rules. Suck it. This is my job. Yeah, exactly. But this is so crazy to me. He's he's threatening not to play football again? Like, you're going to have to. The NFL and the NFLPA, they agreed on this. They had last year's year probationary period to find a new helmet. They're not budging on this. No, they're not. They're so not going to budge on is it. Is he really like? He, I I can imagine that he's going to not play because I think I was, it's like thirty million dollars of guaranteed money from the Raiders if he doesn't play. Like, oh, he's got to give it back. Like he'll have to give it back if he doesn't play. He's got to give it back. So what? Well, he's going to miss out on that paycheck. I have. I hope he hasn't spent it. No. <laughs> like what is he doing? Well, this is ludicrous. No, it's crazy. I think when you look at. What he's speaking of, first off, he's he's on, like he's quoted as saying, well, I can't see as well with this helmet on, which every receiver in the league is like, oh, I can see so much better with this helmet. Also, when you, what it, is it, isn't that a visor, or not a visor, a face mask issue? If you can't see, like, granted, I only played football for two years and it was in middle no, school. No, you're right. You're right. It's not a helmet right. issue. It's, it's a face mask yeah, issue. It's ridiculous. So there's... There's that point, which I think that what we're eventually going to get into with this is player safety. But with with this helmet, they are saying this is the safer helmet. This is to help you. Dude. If I was the NFL, I would be so okay with him saying, I don't want to wear this helmet. And I would make him sign something that says... I'm not responsible for anything after this. I get... <laughs> yeah. After this... This idiot's out on his own. Yeah. We've done our best. <laughs> now, when he gets his concussion and all this other stuff, the Raiders can deal with that. Yeah. But that is not an NFL issue. So I think that ought to be an option because I'm very much, you know, I'm very much libertarian. You should be able to do what you want to as long as it doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah. Well, if you want to wear this helmet, that's great. We hope you get concussed in the first 20 minutes and the Raiders have to pay you. I really hope that CTE doesn't come to bite you in the ass in a couple years because we tried. Now, when you... You know, get angry when you have years. domestic abuse <laughs> yeah. in 20 years and you try to come back and say, well, it's my time in the NFL. We'll just nope. hold up a sheet of paper. Say, Look, we tried, dude. We tried for this idiot. We completely tried. So I think that that's an easy way out for the NFL and the NFLPA. I don't know. Like, I agree. They're not going to do that. Why wouldn't they? Because the NFL wants to have they this. They want to control it. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. you're, you're the, the whole libertarian thing. The NFL's not. No, I just think that's it, it's crap, it's smart. though. It's crap. It's smart. It's but, crap. If you want to do it, if you want to say, you have to wear this. But yeah. what it is, really, honestly, I think is they want uniformity. I mean, do, do you hear about the, the fines that they get for socks? Yeah, well, one. I mean, get up. What? Well, it's so funny because, like, in the NCAA, you can wear your socks anyway. Like, any, any way, yeah. anytime. You, whatever you want to do. It's yeah. your style, whatever. In the NFL, you can't. Like, what are we well, doing here? See, I don't it's, have a problem with the owners controlling that. Yeah. Just like I said, they ought to find the Raiders if the Raiders, you know, if the Raiders have a concussion with Antonio Brown because he wore that helmet, guess what? You pay the salary. So, here's, here's my question. If you're John Gruden right now. Are you having a little buyer's remorse with Antonio Brown? He hasn't been to practice. Well, it's not buyer's remorse yet, right? You could cut him. Well, I guess if you uh, had to you, cut him, you got to pay him. You got to pay him. Yeah. Uh, you no, having, I don't think are so. you having a little buyer's remorse if you're John Gruden? Did you watch Hard Knocks? I, I didn't get to watch okay. it this week, but I will. Yeah, it's on the website. Go look yeah. at it. Well, I'll catch up. I'll catch up this week. Uh, um, I've so, been a little down and out. Yeah. But 
it was like so he's I mean he's in it, but he's not doing any routes. Like he's not running, he's not doing anything in this in, in hard knocks. Like I'm assuming he's not gonna be in the next episode because have you seen his feet? He's ghosted <laughs> the Raiders now. Oh he, yeah. He won't talk to anybody on the Raiders. Well he won't talk to anybody in the NFL. Yeah. So like he's ghosted everybody. If you're John Gruden, are you not having a little buyer's remorse right now? I don't think so. And here's why I say that. You have a team that without Antonio Brown, I think you're rebuilding, right? And I think that you have a great quarterback. I really I do. I really like Derek Carr as well. I really do. I think that you're rebuilding, and I think this is the perfect thing to keep everybody out of your business. Because Antonio Brown right now really ain't your business. So when you think about it, John Gruden is able to run his practices. He's able to do all these things. He's able to... Guess what he's not answering questions about? Why'd you let Amari Cooper go? Guess what he's not asking questions about, or he's not getting asked questions about? How are you going to prove on last year? You know what he's getting asked questions about? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. So, so let him be the circus, and that's absolutely fine. Hold on a second. This, this just came to my head right now. Okay, as Cowboys fans... Yeah. This is a make or break year for Derek Carr. Huh? Okay. He's in a contract year. If he doesn't, if Antonio Brown's not there and they go, you know, four and 12 again or whatever it is, we won't get there with, we won't get there because we'll have a contract. You think they're going to contract, they're going to extend Dak this year? I think they're going to do all three. This year? I think they're going to do all three this year. I know. I think they'll do Zeke. I don't know if they're going to do Dak Prescott. In fact, I just heard a report from... Well, I've heard that... What's the blonde mustache dude? The guy that's always with us. Dude, I don't know. He's always the ESPN (laughs) guy. Ed Ed Werder. Oh, yes, Ed Werner. Yeah, he's he's a Dallas guy. Um, I'd heard that they are trying to make a play to do all three three at one time so that they understand what is to come. Would you not like Derek Carr? I would. I would. Let me tell you who I'd like more. Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, no. I, what? I mean, I would be all right with it. What? I would be all right with it. I didn't watch the game last night, the preseason I should have, uh, with the Saints. Oh, was uh, he, I know he's good. He's a good guy. He's good. Um, he had one but bad injury. That dude, oh, dude was, he was changing the Vikings. The Vikings. Yeah, he was. I, hmm. You know, well, here's my thing. I, I would have loved, and, and it's not going to happen because, one, this team would never do it. Two, he's already made his money. He doesn't really. But I would have loved, like, three years ago if the Cowboys would have tried to make a play for Matt Stafford. Um, oh, yeah. I would have loved that. But, would of you course, trade, that's not happened. But let me ask you a question. I would, would you trade Zeke right now, trade Zeke for Teddy Bridgewater's contract and a first-round pick? And so you get you get your pick. And you get the Saints pick, and you get Teddy Bridgewater to sit behind Dak. Um, they would never do it because they've got Alvin Kamara. But I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. in that you don't need to. They would never I, do that. Yeah, they would never do that. And just in the scenario, I I don't know because that first round pick for the Saints is probably going to be a low first rounder. It's going to be in the 28, 29 area. I mean, it's a good player, but it's. I don't know. I don't know if but you're Dak set up Prescott a, you're and set up a quarterback. Or, or Teddy Prescott. Yeah, you're, but you're set up. But those guys are about the same age. Exactly. You're just going to be sitting there with two quarterbacks the whole time. No, just kinda... you're going to get rid of Dak. <laughs> See, I I would – I'm i not as uh... – So would you go the other route with the Raiders? Would you say 
For Derek Carr, yes. I would. You would trade Zeke for the Raiders first round and Derek Carr? Yes. I would. I think I'd be on board with that. Now, because I think Derek Carr is really good, and he, I mean, he's been with a crappy team for the last couple of years. Um, mm, and I know offense, it, dude. That offense before Marshawn, I mean, Marshawn Lynch. Well, that's Crabtree, the thing is, I think that those guys I think good. that Amari Amari Cooper and Derek Carr had a pretty good connection. I honestly think that it was Jack Del Rio that just didn't know what to do with Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Like it, that was it. Like, well, it, it but just, you got to remember, it was it was and, Crabtree and, and Cooper. Yeah, and then you lost Crabtree, and, and then now it's just all on Cooper. Yeah, but yeah, I would. I would be interested to see what happens if the Cowboys hold off on extending Dak. And Antonio Brown, I don't think he will hold out and be like, "Now nah, I'm not playing. But if he did and the Raiders went 4-12 and again or 3-13 and and it's a contract year and Gruden's like, you know what, I'm going to go in a different direction with the quarterback, we'll see what happens. That would be pretty sweet. But it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, back to Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown. So you wanted to talk about player safety with this whole helmet thing because oh, we, that's all what it is. I right, mean, that's right. what this is. So is, I think is the NFL is trying to regulate. You know, this is what happens, right. so you can't come back and right. So where I was going with the the fact that the NFL should have a basically a warning saying, hey, if you play this game with this helmet, you're going to get hurt. Okay. I mean, are we? Are we in agreement that the only people that are worried truly about player safety are the players? Yeah. Right. Because I, I got to be honest with you. I watch MMA. I'm not concerned to, about to those guys. Say, <laughs> to say that I'm worried about their safety would be ridiculous. Well, and I like, yeah, it's you're not really worried about their safety. It's right. like, no, no, no. They're going out there to, to, to hurt to each other. To do something that would. <laughs> maybe modify them the rest of their lives. Yeah, they're out there and they get paid quite a bit of money to do that. Exactly. Well and to each his own. I mean Yeah. Exactly. I wouldn't go out there but now if know. I was the NFL, all these lawsuits, I'd be like, no 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 no. Nope. From now on, here's the here's your waiver. You cannot play in the NFL or you can play in the NFL. But these are your risk. But these are your risk. Right? Like nobody goes to a boxer and goes, hey man, you know if you get knocked out tonight we're going to blame it on the boxing. Uh, yeah, it's the boxing. It's the boxing gloves. Yeah. It's the boxing gloves, dude. Totally the boxing gloves. That's never been important. In fact, we had a boxer die three weeks ago, and it was awful. And he didn't even get knocked out, homie. Yeah, and let me tell you, though, like nobody watching that match was like, I'm really conservative about his safety. That nobody until he walked out and started going, blah, 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 and yeah. started throwing up blood. Yeah, it were then, then like, it oh, wait like, a minute. Oh, wait a second. But this even, is a violent game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But even then, your announcers were going, hey, um, look, we love this sport, and we know that sometimes this comes along with it. It's very few and far between, but the boxers know this when they go in, and it's expected that they know that. Why is it different for football? I don't know. I I can't give you an answer. It's I mean it's and I think it's a contact sport. I mean, yeah, it it might be a little different if someone you know in baseball, but it's like well we talked about that with the catcher. Uh, yeah, with the catcher collision. Yeah, Jonathan Lucroy, right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I forgot about that already. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about that with that. It's like whoa, this used to happen all the time. I don't understand and, and now, now why it's why it's up to the and league. Again, I am, you get paid, and they're saying, "Well, then you up the pay." 
You don't have to pay for the smaller. They don't have to play. Yeah. I'm all for tech. I mean, technology has changed the game. I mean, I it's different than what it was when people are running around in leather helmets tackling each other and things like that. Like, technology changes and people change. I mean, we've always talked about the evolution of, of athletes where your players Bigger, are faster, like stronger. Jim Brown. I honestly don't know how big, how much he weighed or anything. What is he doing in this NFL? Honestly. Exactly. So, we, and we've talked about that, but the technology has changed. I'm okay, like you said, with them saying, look, you can wear this helmet, Antonio Brown, but you're going to have to deal with the repercussions. I'm okay with that. Right. But we also, like, we're changing it to as, help these guys. As long as you're not putting another player at harm, what is the point? Yeah. What, who are you protecting besides yourself? That's all it is. Don't say you're protecting Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown's literally telling you, I don't care. Now, when you played, if if you were playing, because you, you played high school uh, football, if uh-huh. you were given the option of another helmet that might have helped or and things like that, you would have taken it, right? Uh, it just depends on how it felt. I yeah. mean, I'll be completely honest with you. Now, if I was told that I had to, of course, that was high school. See, there is regulation because it's because the schools it yeah, have to. Yeah. Uh, but we, even then, we signed a waiver. Yeah. Like, if I'd have been drastically hurt, you know, I had insurance through the school. So the school had to cover that stuff. Yeah. But we even still signed a waiver that was like, hey, man, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, it, I, th- now, we had a choice of helmets. Yeah. In uh, when I played. Really? Oh, yeah. Huh. There's different, there's different like, uh, there's different types of helmets that, that you can, that you can fit. Okay. Yeah. We had a choice of helmets. I chose this one helmet. Now, the one I chose was a little more old school. But I like the way it protected the lower part of my head yeah. as opposed to further up, whereas a lot of the concussion helmets are based on you know, uh, uh, collisions with your head impacting the ground and yeah. things like that. So they don't quite have as much neck support. Now, it's not even neck support. It's just lower base of the head. Yeah. I like that feeling, right? It made me feel more because it almost came down to my, uh, I didn't have to, it almost came down to the back, the base of my shoulder pads, like yeah. the top of my yeah. shoulder pads. So I kind of like that more. But we all went through and they were like, here, try this helmet on, try this helmet on. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think? And when I was when I was playing, there was this stupid rubber thing that you could put on top of your head if you'd had a concussion. So that you actually, like, all they basically made you was a missile Yeah, for everybody else yeah. because you had this gigantic rubber knot on the top of your head. Well, it's like, they don't regulate shoulder pads. I mean, I know it's all because they're worried about oh, the brain injuries at, and stuff like that, but they're at, not... Look at Michael Bennett. Yeah, the dude's wearing... The, yeah. Like, he wears knee pads as like as his shoulder pads yeah like they're not worried about your shoulder breaking or anything like that it's all about the head and i understand that it's it's a i I'm, get it but what are we this is your professional but, yeah, you know like, what they're getting into at this point yeah all i'm asking is what is the difference between your mmas your boxing because guess what buddy when a boxer gets knocked out he loses that Right, that 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 match is over. In the NFL, if you get knocked out, another guy can come in, yeah, and you still might win the game. They even have it a little bit better. Yeah, I I wonder what uh, factor of like 
the amount of people that watch because boxing a lot of people don't watch anymore you got pay-per-view all that kind of stuff but i wonder if it's because the nfl is so prominent and it, it's on the, all the time the NFL, and you see the impact all the time no, like it's the nfl is protecting their investment that's the difference in boxing the investment is that match right yeah in the nfl the investment is that person that yeah so they want that person to last as long as possible. I mean, that's that's the rough go of. I mean, and, and to be honest, Antonio Brown is one of those people that you watch to to watch. Yeah, you, I mean, you're not going to watch that third string receiver from the Bengals. You yeah, don't really Toledo, care. It came out of Toledo. <laughs> yeah, in the you don't really round. care that much. But <laughs> Antonio Brown is one of those those guys. Now, I do want to say this real quick. I have been a smart man who I. My buddy Jason, right? We had this conversation last football season. And he said something that completely changed my point of view. And he goes, you know what we need to do? We just need to take all the pads off. And I was like, what? Like, bro, did you ever play football? And he was like, look at the injuries in rugby. You don't have that. You know why? Because you don't protect yourself and you don't project yourself. Yeah, you're not the same. flying full force because you think you're protected. Exactly. So I'm I'm cool with it. I say strip them down. You really want to protect wh- what you have? Take everything off. We about to go to NFL Street video game out here. I'm saying. <laughs> you gotta go I'm out saying. Here with but, <laughs> I mean, do you disagree? So you just brought this on me. Uh, is this your revolutionary yes, uh, yes, 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 idea yes. that you're talking well, about? It's not actually mine, shout out But I Jason. will say. It's a, it is a smart idea because I, I do think that you do get that. I mean, you get players throwing themselves at each other. However, I think that the most watched videos about football are those highlight hits? Oh, so you want people to get hurt? I don't. That's I'm not. What that, that, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I, I'm saying the most watched. I agree. No, I'm I saying agree. So when someone gets knocked the fuck out, people watch it. I agree. I totally agree. So, so are we okay with them getting destroyed, or are we trying to protect them? I'm going to say this as a selfish person sitting here on a microphone <laughs> drinking a beer. Let them get destroyed. <laughs> You play like, the game. You make four hundred thousand dollars a year as a as a backup backup. Yep. Go out and get your head wrong. I mean, you're really uh, it, shit. You signed up for that shit. Come on. <laughs> and that's so. Why are we? Why are we? Why I, is it a farce? Why are we saying? Well, it's all about player safety. Well, then let's play flag. Okay. <laughs> right, so this is gonna bring. Um, so what? Are, what are your thoughts about like? youth football and middle school football and things like that where your kids are tackling it at nine years old well first off see because there there are some there are some thoughts that okay we're not gonna we're gonna play flag football or we're gonna have like development camps and stuff like that at those young ages where your offensive linemen are gonna learn you're gonna learn how to tackle and things like that and then when you get into middle school or high school that's when you can start hitting but see the problem is the problem is you don't run fast enough you don't go fast enough to hurt anything like that i mean what people are worried about in football is the rate of speed and the weight that's carried with that i'm sorry but fourth graders ain't doing that yeah okay that's just not that shouldn't be your worry now if you're worried about a broken wrist yeah. Worrying about, you know, if you're worried about breaking an ankle, okay, that may be a true worry, but 
I mean, by but, their standards, I should have had CTE by the time I was 10. Yeah, but what, what do you Which, think? that may be the facts. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure th- I got CTE. Now. What do you think about, um, like, your younger kids just doing, like, development camps and learning those things? And no, then you start, you no, know? No, no, I'm against that. Okay. I'm against that because there is a, there's a level of toughness. There's a level of, one, there's a level of toughness that you learn. Right. That's like, man, that hurts, but I'm not really hurt. Yeah. Right. That's pain, but I'm not really hurt. You know? Yeah. And that, that can come just from a, a shoulder pad pinching you in the arm from when you went to do something. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> or, or like, um, or certain drills where we have to slap hands yeah. or we have to pop helmets or something like that. Like that, that's okay. You know? Let, so let me say this, um, as a youngling. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy. Uh, <laughs> um, as a youngling, I was probably a good four or five, <laughs> 70 pounds. Uh, I, was, I wasn't a, 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 a strong, big guy, you know. Uh, so I always thought when, because I played seventh and eighth grade, that's all I played football. Right. Now, I wish I would have played longer, but I was too small. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But in those seventh and eighth grade years, even at practice, I would be like, it's weird. I would rather play offense because getting hit didn't hurt as much as tackling it's somebody. To try to go to tackle somebody because that's you putting yourself in the position. Well, every single time I try to tackle somebody, I jammed a finger. I like yeah. you know got hit and my yeah. face mask went all over the place or whatever. But when right. I got tackled, I was yeah, yeah get up well, that, and, and pop up. But I mean, I think that there's a there's a level of a level of toughness that you learn. If you're asking me if I think that they should continue to hit, hell yeah. You learn a level of toughness that you didn't know existed, right? You didn't know, like, man, I jammed my finger and nobody gives a damn. No. Right? Like, in baseball, that's not okay. Look, I jammed my finger and I, I politely went back to the bench. I'm <laughs> exactly, all right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I jammed my finger. I can't throw the ball. Sorry. And this is true. You can't throw the ball. You got to yeah. go. You know what I mean? But in football, you do that and it's like, I don't care. Why are you telling me that you jammed your finger? Yeah. Shut up. That's not a point. You know what I mean? And then I think also there's a level of, there has to be that level of risk for the camaraderie that comes, right? Yeah. There's, because you're never going to get like that military in the trenches type thing. But football's damn near the closest that you get to when you go, guys, they're out here. To hurt us. To to do something to us. And we have to protect each other. Yeah. So... In one way, you you learn the toughness of what it is to for people not to really care that you have a tiny little pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And another is you get to look at your buddy next to you and go, they want to beat us, and now we have to beat them. Yeah. And you can't, honestly, you don't hear about a lot of concussions in the seventh grade. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not... No. It's when people get bigger, faster, and stronger that you have to worry about that. So, hell no, <laughs> dude. I, I say let them hit as hard as they can when they're fourth graders. Because they're really not going to hurt each other. And when they come off the field crying, it's a life lesson. Yeah. So, anyway. That, may be, that, that may be the hardest in me. <laughs> Player safety. Take off all the pads. Let's just beat the hell out of each other. Drew is right now throwing his little... Uh, it's the last swallows I got all of them. It, it, they weren't even swallows. Go. Those were like... Well, I don't play games. <laughs> <laughs> They're like little drops of beer. Uh, all right, so that's going to be uh, it for this episode. Uh, we've 
covered a lot, uh, and we're at a minute, an hour and three minutes <laughs> sitting here talking. Uh, so I'm low. Hey, low. As well as sitting here looking at his phone. Yeah, well, you know, I got, I'm a busy man. Yeah, I got let's, let's, we'll, we'll try that again. This is low. Okay, see? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. I'm low. This is low. That's a low watch out.